Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. The drama around Bon Appetit is going to get the HBO comedy treatment. Katie Lung is done with racist remarks about her role as Cho Chang. And we're talking about what it's been like to be introverted during the pandemic with Michael Blackman. It's March 12th, 2021. Hey, friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. And happy Friday, Casey. Oh, we you. made it. We did it. We did it. We did it. We really did it. Um, and, you know, today we have some really interesting news that, you know, Michigan's going to let everyone that is an adult get a vaccine. Biden says by July 4th, everyone's going to be a vaccine. So, one, do you feel hopeful? And two, are you throwing the cookout on the 4th of July? Let me tell you, I'm not a big July 4th fan, but that's just because it's like when there's big events like that that have so much like pressure and expectations, yeah. I like cower because I'm like, oh, God, what do we do? And with You're that like, said, with that said, yes, I will be raging on July July 4th, if safe to do so. <laughs> I will say this. I am an American by birth, you know, by choice up for, up for, you know, interpretation. But, you know, I do like being an American for many reasons. But I have never been one that has been, like, particularly excited about the 4th of July. Like, it's not like a thing that I'm like, oh, my God, the 4th of July. But this year, I'm finding a backyard. I'm grilling. She's going to have some cocktails. It's going to be cute. I'm excited. I'm into this. I, maybe not next year, but this year, I'm into this. So start planning your Luke's girls. you got to have fashions for the 4th of July, Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> okay so zach speaking of summer do you remember last summer when we saw the once beloved bon appetit test kitchen absolutely implode after serious allegations oh, yes. of racial discrimination surfaced? well that story is about to get the hbo comedy treatment for anyone who doesn't remember this all came to a head after a photo of former editor-in-chief adam rapaport in brown face surfaced last year Soon after several minority Test Kitchen stars came forward to say they were not being paid for their appearances, unlike their white counterparts who were. The HBO show will be titled Enjoy Your Meal. And get this, serving as a consultant on the show is Rappaport's former assistant, Ryan Walker Hartshorn. She also happened to be the only Black woman on staff at the magazine. Insecure writer and executive producer Amy Anobi will script the show. 
I love that Ryan mm-hmm. was like, you know what? I was so underpaid. We cannot stress <laughs> how underpaid Ryan has been. Like less than $30,000 yep. a year yep. living in New York City. Like what Condé Nast has done to the assistants is a whole other show that I would love to host and call me if y'all want to do this. But like the fact that she's like leveled up and reclaimed her narrative, her story and taken like what should have never happened and now flipped it into this. You go on, girl. You are an inspiration. You are an inspiration. That was so as soon as I saw the news, I was literally started reading and I was like, okay, tell me that a person of color is working on this from the show. Then I saw it. And I was like, okay, this might actually be very good. <laughs> this is great. And, you know, the one person that probably is not excited about this is Adam <laughs> himself, the editor-in-chief, because oh, this well. is the thing that just never ends. It continues and continues on and on, and we will be tuning in. So thank you, HBO. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. We're still talking about racism, in case you haven't figured out the theme of this week's show. So Katie Lung, the woman who played Cho Chang throughout the Harry Potter movie series, claims publicists told her to deny that she was experiencing racist attacks over her role in the films. This is what she had to say about it on the Chinese Chippy Girl podcast. I was like Googling myself at one point and I was on this website, which was kind of dedicated to the kind of Harry Potter fandom. And yeah, I remember reading all the comments and yeah, there was a lot of racist shit. And then Mm. somebody had actually created a website, a hate site, just, it was like, if you, if you disagree with this casting, then click, click on this button. And then it it was just, it would just be like, like a count of how many people disagreed with the casting and you would just see a number like, awful. yeah, I know it's awful. It's so awful. Lung further clarified that when she found the hate site dedicated to her, a publicist told her that, quote, if you get asked that, just say it's not true, say it's not happening. It's not clear here whether she's referring to her own publicist or studio publicist. This also isn't the first time Lung has spoken out about racist attacks because she played Cho. In a 2016 interview with The Herald, she claimed, quote, I can't remember much about that part of it because I was so in denial of what was happening. Ooh, there are so many layers here. I'm like, where to start first? First, her character that she was cast as racist. <laughs> Second, oh man, I, I mean, I feel so absolutely terrible for her as a young actor to have to go through that hate online, but especially she had to go through it before present day social media. And now I feel like it, it is extremely common for actors and then their fellow actors to support them and be like, hey, people are being racist to me and it has to stop. And so the fact that she was quieted and said that she couldn't say that, that is truly awful. And, you know, I'm glad you bring up social media because it was very different terrain back then. This was the era of MySpace and people weren't, you know, having or waging so much power on pushing back on racism or hate or whatever. So, you know, she was probably feeling incredibly alone and wasn't even able to see the support that would also come in 2021 for people doing these racist things. So it probably was incredibly isolating. And the Harry Potter franchise is such a juggernaut for Warner Brothers that I'm sure it was not in their best interest to point out that some of the fans who are spending a lot of money may be racist. And that's that. All right. So we talked about it on yesterday's show, but in case you missed the memo, we've now officially been living a pandemic life for a full year. That's meant a lot of isolation, a lot of missed celebrations, and a lot of time spent online. We've discussed how hard this has been for extroverts, people that crave human interaction. Something we maybe haven't explored is what the pandemic has meant for introverts. Thankfully, BuzzFeed News reporter Michael Blackman explored this in his new piece, How Quarantine Has Affected Introverts. He joins us today. 
Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, I'm so glad to be back on. Yes, yes, it's so good to have you. All right, so as you know, Casey and I are pretty much the definition of an extrovert. Uh, we are very good at what? interacting with people. <laughs> but you yourself identify as an introvert. So was it your own pandemic experience that inspired you to write this piece about this identity, or what's what's going on here? Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely my own experience that prompted me to write this. Uh, a year ago, when the pandemic first started, I legit thought this was going to be like a walk in the park. I wrote this short piece and I tend to be someone who's like a bit of an optimist. And I'm always like, this is not going to be that bad. I remember writing this quick short thing about like, you know what? Introverts are going to be able to handle this. We've been preparing for this our whole lives. You can read a book. You can go for a walk. You can like sing Celine Dion songs in the shower. And honestly, I think that maybe a lot of people thought that it would be easy because like we were under the impression of stay home, flatten the curve give this two weeks, all of that stuff. So I didn't, I mean, I obviously never imagined that it would be like this, <laughs> but as the days have dragged on the weeks and the months, I've just been like, oh my fucking God, this is horrible. <laughs> because I just, I have some days where I'm literally... I feel like I'm just bouncing off of the walls. Sometimes I just have to go into my room and scream into a pillow because I'm just like, this is not sustainable. So I tweeted last night, I'm horny for the vaccine. And I absolutely <laughs> am. I cannot, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for like the first karaoke outing I get to like plan. Oh I'm my God. singing my ass off. I can't wait. Zach and I and our team, all we talk about is karaoke now. It's like gotten to be a problem. <laughs> we gotta I, go when you come to New do. York. Exactly, yeah. we do. Oh Michael God, yes. knows done karaoke together before. Yes, I like please. watching people do karaoke. I will not be singing. And if I do, I'm going to sing a Millie by Lil Wayne, which is <laughs> I will rap. That's the only thing I will rap. <laughs> I, okay, well, I would love to see that. <laughs> it will happen. Okay, so Michael, with this piece, you're now fighting back against the assumption that this isolation is easy for introverts. In fact, you point out that introversion and extroversion is a spectrum and found that most introverts you spoke to needed a decent amount of human interaction from time to time. What did those introverts tell you? Yeah, I mean, I will say the majority of the people who responded to this call out were like, you know what? I do think that I'm okay. But there were also like a good majority of people who were like, actually, I do feel like I need to like, when we do return to real life, I feel like I need to make more of an effort to see people or just to push myself outside of my comfort zone. And the thing is like, I know that for me, part of it is just like social anxiety because like, I do think that when I'm comfortable around people, I have like a huge personality, but it's just like, it's not going to come out around everyone. I feel like I like to just like survey a situation first before I'm like, okay, I feel comfortable and I can like do this now. But with the way the pandemic has just shaken shit up, I'm like, once this is over, I just really feel like I'm going to do, like I said in my piece, like I want to lean into life. And just like, like right now, I'm saying like, oh my gosh, I'm about to be in Hell's Kitchen every weekend. We'll see if that actually happens. But I do feel like... Yes, Circuit Queen Michael Blackman. <laughs> I, do, I do feel like I'm going to push myself just to like, there's just a limit to me looking at like, not four walls, but, you know, just like looking at the same walls, like I just, I just need, I need something else. And like, I do, while I do like prefer like intimate settings and smaller settings with people, I just think that it could add like more excitement to my life. We'll be right back to continue our conversation with Michael Blackwood and talk about how our social skills have all fallen apart. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 
SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. What's up, guys? I'm Rashad Bilal. And I am Troy Millings, and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in business, sport and entertainment, from DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in-depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start, and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you. Interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business? Not really sure about how taxes or credit work? We got it all covered. The Earn Your Leisure podcast is available now. Listen to Earn Your Leisure on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Colleen Witt. Join me, the host of Eating While Broke Podcast, while I eat a meal created by self-made entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities over a meal they once ate when they were broke. Today, I have the lovely AJ Crimson, the official princess of Compton, Asia. Kidding, and Asia. This is The Professor. We're here on Eating While Broke, and today I'm going to break down my meal that got me through a time when I was broke. Listen to Eating While Broke on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Michael Blackman about how introverts are handling the pandemic. So, Michael, some people mentioned that their social skills atrophied during the pandemic in your piece, which is very relatable to a lot of us on this call right now. So do you think for introverts, there's going to be this added layer of anxiety once we get out of this thing? Because that's all the calls I'm getting from friends these days who know I'm extroverted, who are like, can I test out my social skills with you? Can we like get on a call and figure this out? They seem really stressed out. Yeah. So so I know like while the crux of the piece is about like how the pandemic has changed introverts, like there is like this underlying sort of feeling that people are just going to have to go out and revert back to like how things were before. It's just like throughout this whole entire experience, it feels like we've had to constantly adjust and adjust and adjust. And I do know that people are wary about like when the pandemic happened, there was this whole conversation about like how this is going to force us to like change and like the way that we like do things as far as like, we thought that like the disparity between like the rich and the poor, that that was really going to be like, it's obviously been like highlighted, but has anything really been like done about it? Um, And so I think that, with this, we're going to soon be expected to go back into real life. And like, for instance, maybe this is not even related to what we're talking about, but like, I feel like it's been like so hard to get up in the morning sometimes that I've been trying to get back into like a regular routine as far as like the gym, because like, I literally do not know how I would be able to wake up at seven. I don't know how I was able to wake up at seven before and then like be ready by like 830 to get on the train and like go into work and like talk with people. Mm. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how I was able to do that before. So, um, I do think that there's going to be a 
very long process of it's just like relearning how to be a human. So I want to bring up something a woman named Marin told you. She said she feels like finally her introversion is an advantage in a world that prizes extroversion. Do you think we'll take advantage of some of those introverted victories and confidences? Or as soon as this is over, we'll go back to the way things were socially? I mean, it's my hope that we do. Um, Because everything that she told me, like, I felt like we do value, like, extroverted leaders and people who, I mean, this is maybe not the best way to phrase this, but just like... This, just these people who like draw so much attention to themselves, where as I do think that it would be great if we embrace like more introverts as leaders, because I just think the introverts tend to be way more empathetic and measured and just like understanding when it like comes to people. So it's like, I, I hope that some of these like practices could be like adopted, but I'm doubtful. All right, so you already mentioned this line you wrote, but I want to read it back for everyone. Once the world opens up, I think I'll challenge myself to occasionally try new experiences. Social anxiety be damned. It's especially important for me, after a year of uncertainty, to really lean into life. And if I'm not feeling the vibe, at least I know I'll always have the option of finding solace in restorative, uninterrupted solitude. So, Michael Blackman, we already know you're going to Hell's Kitchen, but what else is going to take for you in 2021? What are you going to dive into? So many things. I can't wait to go to outdoor concerts. Like, I can't wait to... Honestly, like, I, I can't believe I didn't do it before, but, like, I always felt like I needed to have a partner or just, like, some a few other friends to go with me. But, like, as I've been, like, watching certain shows, I've been so taken with, like, shows like It's a Sin and, like, Veneno and just, like, queer families. And I'm just like, you know what? Just, like, go into a gay club, talk to some people. What's the worst that could happen? Because I think that being alone... I feel like something that's come to the surface for me is just like so many of my insecurities are just like literally in my head. And it's just like, if you don't, if you don't tell people about them, then they don't even fucking know. So just like go out. Honestly, you can make a fool of yourself and like, who would care? I think that like, I I have developed like this part of me where it's just like, I'm less concerned about like what people think so much because I'm just like, you know what? I'm a human being and like, it's fine. Like I'm not doing anything crazy. So. And what I have (laughs) to say about that, what I will say has happened in the pandemic is that when we were all, and we are currently still in this way, forced to be by ourselves or with a roommate, or we're just kind of forced into this isolation of ourselves, you get to see what really pops up in your body and in your mind that you really want and need. And I think now we're leaving the pandemic and be like, no, I want this type of relationship. I want to do this. I know this because when I have nothing that is what I'm hungry for. And I think people always question themselves so much. Like, do I really want it? Or am I bored? Or am I this? But girl, we have been bored. We know what we want when we're bored. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I want, I, want, I want intimacy. And not just, like, romantic intimacy, but, like, intimacy between, like, friends as well. Like, I just... I, just, I, I want to love and hug up on people and just... I'm so excited. I'm really so freaking excited. Michael, I have prepared my friends for the first time I see them. Five minute long hugs and crying. And face licks. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay. Well, Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. Thank you. You guys are great. 
That's it for today. Come back and join us on Monday. And remember, introverts and extroverts and ambiverts, we are so close to getting out of quarantine and it'll be good for all of us. <laughs> BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Diet Bowser, Alan Haberchak, Julie Karen, and Erica Nedanine. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mankesh Ticketer, Samantha Hennig, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Hi, everybody. I'm Rachel Bonetta, and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Bonetta. You kidding me? Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined. Every week, I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL. And I'm doing something that has never been done before. I'm opening my DMs. DMs now open. Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm so excited to be back with a third season of You and Me Both. When I started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. And here's what I know. We cannot get through this alone. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. This season, I'll be talking about the state of our democracy with experts and with people organizing on the ground. We'll draw inspiration from some amazing people like Olympic star Allison Felix and Grammy Award winner Brandi Carlisle. And we'll get into the hard stuff with writer Cheryl Strayed and my dear friend and colleague Huma Abedin. So join us, listen to you and me both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.